and verse 24. Praise God. Amen. Heaven is near. Hallelujah. Amen. The coming of the Lord is nigh. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe Jesus Christ, amen, can come back tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The evil servant saith, my Lord doth uh, wait, and he's not coming back. And, and, uh, but uh, the good servant's looking for the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm watching. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Amen. I'm going to preach. Amen. The word of God tonight. Amen. I see some that are missing. Amen. That amen should be here. Praise God. Amen. First Corinthians 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Praise God. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Praise God. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, ask you, Lord God, God, that you would touch this church, God, with the power of the Holy Ghost, God, with new desire, with fresh burden, oh God, oh God, to run this race. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, I need your touch tonight. God, I want your Holy Ghost anointing. Oh, in the name of Jesus, can you help me pray right now? In the name of Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Jesus, in his teachings, he taught his disciples that they must strive to enter in. Amen. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Amen. Jesus said that there is a broad way and a narrow way. And I'm not I'm not focusing upon this way, this broad and narrow way tonight as the major, but I guess as the minor, amen, you have got to stay on the straight and narrow. There are many that make fun of the straight and narrow. There are many that chide you even as you work or go to school, amen, but I have purposed in my heart that I will live for God. Amen, that I will see Jesus face to face. I'm going in the rapture. Praise God. I'm going to be caught up together with, amen, them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I said heaven's my hope. Amen. I'm going to see Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot of people saying that I'm going to see this one and I'm going to see that one. Well, if they're there and I see them and I know them, that's a bonus, but I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see that celestial city. I'm going to see what God has prepared for those that love him. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hey, I'm glad I've got that hope. I'm glad I've got it. Amen. 
Amen. My, my mother said to me here a while back, several weeks ago, she said, son, I had a dream about a lady in our church. And she said that this, this sister in the church was on a Broadway and that she was not dressed properly and that there was a dark, sinister figure waiting for her at the end of that Broadway. And I said to my mother, I said, that's what Jesus said would be in this day and age that we live in. And that's why I have purposed in my spirit that I don't care what happens, I'm living for God. I'm walking with my God, amen, hand in hand, step by step. Amen, I, I, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Amen, come on church, we gotta walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, praise God. Pray, I've gotta have on my wedding garment. Hallelujah, I said I've gotta have on my wedding garment. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. When you get to heaven, you've got to have on that wedding garment. Amen. When you stand before God, you've got to have on that wedding garment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. I know it's a Wednesday night. We've been busy. We're all tired. Amen. But it's time to understand that the word of God will be fulfilled uh, and we are going to heaven. We're going to be caught up together. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The things of this world, hey man, they try to dull our spiritual senses into thinking that it may never happen, but it's going to happen. Oh, praise God. I said it's going to happen. The word of God is being fulfilled as we speak. Hey man, and Jesus Christ will come back for the church. Amen. I said the rapture of the church is going to happen. I don't care what anybody says. Amen. I just wonder, amen, what would happen tonight if the church would start praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Oh, you can come anytime, God. I want your return to happen. Amen. Come for me, Jesus. I'm ready. Well, hallelujah. I'm ready. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Amen. Second Timothy 2 and 3. There's sometimes in life that we have, we have to endure hard things. We have to endure tests and trials. I was listening to my Bible yesterday as I drove, and uh, I believe it's 1 Peter chapter 2. It says that, that the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, that perisheth. Amen. You're the, the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold. Amen. You know why? It's because when we're tested and tried, we're going to be purged by fire. Oh, praise God. I said you're going to be purged by fire. Amen. Get that verse of scripture, Brother Manchie. Amen, that the fire is going to try us. Hallelujah. You can put into your walk with God just the, the bare minimum. Amen, you can put into it wood, hay, stubble. But I'm going to put into it gold, silver, precious stones. I'm going to put the good things into my walk with God. Oh, praise God. You've got to put some effort into your walk with God. you got to say, you know something? Hey, man, these things, they don't profit me anything. I'm just going to put them to the side. Hey, man, I'm going to jettison them. Hey, man, them old sailors on them ships, they would get into a, into a storm. And to, if their ships were really heavy and it was a life or death, death situation, they would say, you know something, my life is more, more important and more precious than this cargo. These things don't amount to a hill of beans if I don't put my feet back on terra firma again. <laughs> Did you put that up there for me, brother? The word of God, 1 Corinthians 3 and 13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's 
work of what sort it is. You can just mark it down in your walk with God, amen, that the fire is going to try your works. What is the fire? It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The fire of the Holy Ghost will try your works. Amen. It's going to see that what whatever you're putting into your walk with God isn't going to last. Is this thing, is it going to benefit me or is it something that I need to replace? Amen. With something more substantial. Put that next verse up there. Every, the next one. Yeah. If any man's work abide which he hath built Thereupon he shall receive a reward. Next verse. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. The fire's going to purge us. Amen. The fire of the Holy Ghost, amen, is going to purge us. Back up to that verse of scripture where it talks about the good things or just the bare minimum things. I don't want to just get by in my walk with God. I want to have a strong walk with God. Amen. I'm going to put some prayer and fasting into it. Amen. I'm going to put some witnessing. I'm going to put some Bible study teaching into it. Oh, come on, somebody. Hey, man, put into your walk with God. Things are going to benefit you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Put it up there, brother. Amen. No, that's not what I want. Amen. I want the one where it says, it it talks about the things that, uh, what you put into your walk with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Amen. It's talking about what you're putting into your foundation, into your walk with God. Are you putting the best you can into it? Or are you just getting by? I don't want to just get by. Amen. I want to put the good things into it. Things that will last. Things that when when the fire is put to them, they only get more pure. Amen. They just get stronger with the fire. Well, praise God. Praise God. You're running a race. I said you're running a race. Amen. Put the good things into it. These these athletes, Paul wrote, he said, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. And we an incorruptible. And so what he was doing was showing us the comparison of what they do to win uh, that crown. Is that spiritually, we've got to put into our walk with God the way that they put into their uh, their races, their uh, whatever they're doing. Hey man, they can't eat uh, anything they want to. They've got to put good things into their walk with God. Well, praise the Lord. Hey man, I was reading an article and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but this, this coach, he said this young man that was running the race, uh, that he realized that he had a rare talent, that he was extremely good. Uh, and so they hired a, a physiologist, uh, and they started testing the lactate uh, in his blood. Now, I don't understand this part of it yet. I'm going to read into it more. Uh, but when these guys run these races, uh, amen, their body starts to produce uh, all these chemicals uh, that can either help them or hinder them. Uh, And it depends on what they're eating and what they're putting into it. Uh, They can't go out and drink Pepsis all day long uh, and experience, uh, hey man, the long-lasting quality. Uh, They've got to put into their bodies the things that's going to strengthen them. Uh, They've got to put into their bodies the things that's going to cause them to go uh, just a little bit further, uh, a little bit faster. Oh, come on, somebody who's with me here tonight. In your walk with God, you've got to say, okay. Amen. I realize and I recognize that this is something that is hindering me. I'm going to start putting the good things in. Without charity, I am a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I'm going to get some love in my heart. Man, I love you. 
Bible says, let brotherly love continue. I believe it was Paul that wrote in Galatians, he said, if you bite and devour one another, he said, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And so instead of biting and devouring, we got to build one another up. Bible says, if someone falls, ye that are spiritual, lift him back up. Bible says, confirm the feeble knees. Strengthen them. I'm not talking about physical now, I'm talking about spiritual. So we got to put some good things into living for God. We start putting that into the body of Christ and all of a sudden the body begins to strengthen. The body begins to gain strength from the things that are being put into it. Likewise, the body, the human body, if all you eat is sugar, pretty soon you'll be a diabetic. If all you eat is McDonald's, pretty soon you'll look like a Big Mac. Some of these boys are saying, yes. <laughs> or maybe a quarter pounder. I promise you, you won't weigh a quarter pound if you eat them all the time. It exponentially grows. Amen. And the older you get, the better it grows. <laughs> Can I hear an amen out there? I was talking to somebody today, and they said, yeah, they said, the older I get, the harder it is to get rid of it. And I was like, yeah, they're ringing my, they're ringing my number. I'm just a few years behind them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to take care of this whole physical body. It's not God's will for us to be sick. It's not, and sometimes there's nothing we can do about it, but there's a whole lot we can't do about it. Praise God. Amen. Work out your salvation. With fear and trembling. I'd rather be healthy and live for God than sick and live for God. Praise God. Oh, no, this isn't. I'm not talking about you got to go down to the gym and you got to do this. Amen. But just, just give it some effort. Amen. Your spirit, a lot of times our spiritual man, amen, resembles our physical man. And a lot of times our physical man resembles our spiritual man. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, you just better check it out. Because whatever you're putting into this, whatever you're putting into this physical body does affect the way that you think, the way that you talk, the way that you act. Man, I, I think I just hit a little bit of a snag right there. We do have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. We do have a responsibility for our, uh, what, what does the word of God say? It says, I would that you prosper in your health even as your what? The soul prosper. So God gets rid of all the junk out of our spirit. Gets rid of all the sin out of our life. and Gets rid of all the unnecessary things by his blood. And we, we, we take care of our spiritual man and we just let the physical man go to pot. That's not God's will. I guess you got to be careful saying that pot word anymore. I was walking along the other day and I was looking in the ditch and I said, what in the world is that? And I thought, that's that stuff they call ditch weed. And you, you say, Pastor, what, what are you on now? Oh, I'm just telling you, there's things in your walk with God that the devil will go by and he'll try to throw some seeds of doubt into your heart and spirit. He'll try to th throw seeds of bitterness. You know how them, you know how them plants got there? It's because somebody's going down the road and threw seeds. You know what kind of seeds I'm talking about. They threw seeds out the window, and they start just growing in the ditch. Well, you know what? That's what the devil tries to do to us spiritually. He just tries to come by and throw stuff in our walk with God. No, we got to make sure that root of bitterness is 
out. Amen. We got to make sure that root, amen, of hatred is out. We got to make sure that, come on, I'm preaching to you that we're running a race. I said we're running a race. And the better you put things into your life and your walk with God, the further you'll go in this race. Keep running the race. Keep running the race. Don't stop. You know, and, and I, I know I've preached this before and I'm not apologizing for it, amen, because this is something God put in my spirit. And, and at the end of this, amen, I, I'm going to tell you some, some new information that's happened in our world. Oh, yeah, it's just, it, it's not going to get anybody to heaven, amen, but it sure made me feel good when I read it because the scripture come to life. I was like, Wow. Amen. Look at the Word of God. The Word word of God already wrote this how many hundreds and thousands of years ago? And all of a sudden, here it is. And and the Word, there's just some things in in your walk with God that God brings to life. And I I was reading about this and studying about this. And it says you got to make sure that the they, they got enough heart capacity. Heart capacity in order to run the race. I was like, heart capacity? Wow. Listen to, listen to what this man's saying. Well, he's far from being apostolic. Maybe he is by now. I don't know. I don't think he probably is, but uh, he was just written a month ago. But it said his heart capacity, he had to, you got to have the heart to do it. The Bible says, I have hid thy word, or that word hid also means to be stored. Amen. I have stored thy word in my heart that I might not sin against God. And so it does matter what's going into heart. I'm going to put the word of God into my heart. I'm going to put the word of God into my spirit. Amen. That hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. And him only shalt thou serve. Praise God. Amen. Hero Israel, thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. And not only is it going into my heart, but it's going into that foundation. Because Jesus said to Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this foundation, I will will build up my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, if you get on the foundation, the sure foundation, Jesus Christ, amen, your walk with God will flourish. Amen. Jesus said, I and my father are one. And the Jews took up stones to stone him again. And he said, what are you stoning me for? For a good work? And they said, no. They got the revelation that day. They said, because thou being a man, you make yourself God. And he was like screaming at him, you got it. And they were so blinded, they couldn't even see what they were saying. Oh, can I tell you that Jesus Christ is God, manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ, when he walked this earth, amen, it was God walking around. Amen. Oh, thank God. Amen, that the glory was revealed from faith to faith, that the glory of God, and we beheld his glory, the glory as only uh, as of the father full of grace and truth and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us the word was made flesh john 1:1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god And the Word was God. And the Word, God, became flesh. I said the Word became flesh. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He tabernacled, that word dwelt means tabernacled. 
Think about that. Man, I just got a revelation. <laughs> Paul wrote, he said, did you know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? You're the tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. This is God's physical house. He knows it. I know it. We all know it. But where does he dwell? Right there. He doesn't dwell in tabernacles made with hands. He dwells right here. And he dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. How did he do that? The baby, the boy, the teenager, the man, Jesus Christ. I can just, I can just imagine from Jesus being 12 years of age to about 30 years of age. The Bible is silent. It doesn't say a whole lot. But you have to remember, God, Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. And I can just imagine Jesus, the boy, and the sparrow that fell out of the nest and was hurt. He said, well, I'm gonna, I made you and created you. I'm going to heal you. You say, that's not scripture. I'm, this is my version tonight. Maybe the turtle that got ran over, he healed his shell, put him back together. You say, you can't prove that, preacher. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just, tell, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you what my version is tonight from 12 to 30 years of age. That Jesus Christ, you know what happened after Jesus turned 30? He started healing People started healing minds, started healing bodies, started casting out devils. Huh? So why wouldn't our, our children, they, they, it's not make-believe a lot of times. It's a real deal. When they get the Holy Ghost, they speak with tongues. When they get baptized in Jesus' name, they get the same blood applied to their lives as I did to mine when I was eight years old. Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. Hey, man, so why couldn't Jesus, hey, man, as God manifest in the flesh while he was walking around, why couldn't he heal? Why couldn't he save? Why couldn't he, why couldn't he be a friend? He said he's that friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Jesus, he wasn't beautiful. The Bible says that there was no beauty that we should desire him. You say, what did he look like? He probably looked like an ordinary, average person. He was probably dark brown. He was a Jew. Most likely he had black hair. The European Jews, the ones you see with blonde hair and blue eyes, that's from the diaspora where they scattered all over. And they got all mixed up with the Caucasians. But Jesus was a Jew. And so he was probably just your ordinary, average-looking young man. But when he walked this earth, people took notice of him. People knew that there was something different. His words did not fall to the ground. Amen. And so there was something special about this boy. Amen. And, 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 and in living life, amen, the Bible says that we have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we yet with sin. Oh, thank God. Hey, man, that everything that we go through, he went through. He experienced it. Hey, man, why is that? Hey, man, my Bible says in Romans chapter 6, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. Hey, man, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled where? In the church. In us. Hey, man, to prove to us that when we get the Holy Ghost, we got the same spirit that Jesus had, that we can live above sin, huh? that we can put into our walk with God the things that'll keep us. 
take away your Holy Ghost. Nobody can stop you from living for God. There was a woman that used to come to this church. She's a preacher's wife. Amen. They're pastoring a church somewhere in Illinois. Amen. But she said that when she got the Holy Ghost, her dad hated the church. Her dad couldn't stand, amen, this apostolic, tongue-talking, Jesus-name baptizing way. And she said that he kept her out of church. Amen, he wouldn't let her go to church, but just every once in a while. And she said, all I had was a few preaching tapes. And she said, every service, I would put the tape in the cassette player and turn it on and begin to listen to the preach word of God when I knew it was church night. And you know what happened to her is she kept the Holy Ghost. She stayed on fire. She put the good things of God into her life. And you know where she's at today? She's helping her husband preach the gospel. Amen. She's helping people get to heaven. Amen. Oh, preaching to you right now. Put good things into your walk with God. Amen. Don't tell me you can't live for God. I'll get to that here in just a minute. Don't tell me you can't live for God. You can't live for God. You've got what it takes to win. Praise God. I wish I'd never done that. Lord help us. I put my thumbprint on this thing. Amen. Praise God. You know the rest of that story. Good old technology. Matthew 10 and 22. Oh, I'm skipping. I'm skipping too far ahead. Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet Riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. The fire is going to reveal of what our walk with God is made out of. The fire is going to reveal it. And so if you live for God, And give your time to God. And say, God, the rest of my life, I'm living for you. God takes that time. And he, in in God's time, he'll heal the problems of yesterday. He'll make it to where you can live for him and operate. You say, Pastor, some of those things... Seems like they're still there haunting me. You know, the way that I would look at that rather than sitting there and allowing those things to control my thoughts or to control uh, the way that I feel, I would look at those things and say those are but a distant memory of what happened in yesterday or yesteryear. And so what's getting ready to happen in the rest of my life, amen, is that God is going to exponentially, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And so God can exponentially, amen, erase, amen, the time that was lost, amen, of yesteryear. Amen, maybe you just got in the church, maybe you've been in church all your life, but Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Amen, he said, hey, hire that man into the vineyard. Amen, and Pay him. And the man at the beginning of the day got paid as the same as the man at the end of the day. Come on, somebody. You getting what hold of what I'm saying here? Amen. As Jesus said, hey, I don't care what point you came into, amen, the church and into your walk with God. When the coming of the Lord happens, it doesn't matter if you was born in the church or if you just got into the church, you're both going to heaven. You're both going to see Jesus. The pay's exponential. The pay's out of this world. The pay is awesome. 
Well, hallelujah, that makes me excited to know that my God, he doesn't say, well, amen, just a little bit for you to hope. Oh, no, 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 no. Amen, my Bible says you're gonna get the same pay. Think about that. Because that's not the way it works in life. If you work eight hours in a day, you get paid so much per hour. If you got eight hours under your belt at the end of the day, you're going to get paid for eight hours. But if you've only got an hour, oh, boss, I just couldn't get out of bed this morning. Here I am. Take me as I am. No. The boss is going to say, no, you better be to work on time tomorrow. <laughs> but Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to make up the difference. You know where he made up the difference? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Lay not this sin to their charge. Oh, and as he was hanging on that cross, he was saying, whoa, I can see way down the road. Hey, man, in Hutchison, Kansas, hey, man, on this day in June, hey, man, that these people love me, hey, man, and I can't wait, hey, man, to get them out of this world, that these people want to see heaven, and I can't wait for them to get here. Hallelujah. Oh, he desires, hey, man, his people to be with him. Oh, hallelujah, I want to be with Jesus. The former and the latter rain. Man, I can't preach everything tonight. So, give God time. Give God a chance. There's some people say, man, they was in the right place at the right time. That does happen sometimes. But most of the time, it's because someone is an extremely hard worker. They're putting into it all they've got. They're making sure that they're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. Come on, somebody. Oh, you don't have to live for God that hard? Well, why not? Is there anything wrong with that? No, I'm living for God. I'm giving it all I got. Matthew 10 and 22, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. There has to be some endurance. Some endurance. These guys that run these cross-country races, I was driving. I'm going to kill old Beelzebub here in a minute. He'll land. He'll get too close to me. That'll be all she wrote. Praise God. I was driving down the road and I saw this guy running out through a pasture. I thought, what in the world is he doing? And he's in a pair of shorts and tennis shoes. Wow. I mean, this guy's hardcore. And then I realized... Oh, he's training for cross country. They run, oh yeah, they run down dirt roads. They get gravel in their shoes. They run through the brambles and the briars. I was over at Pratt one day and man, they was running through the park and leaping over stuff. And I was like, check that out. I never, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've never seen anybody running a cross-country race. But you know what every one of those guys had? Is they had endurance. They finished the race. There's only one that wins it. But everybody can finish it. And that's what the Bible says too. There's one that wins the race, but everybody can finish the race. The man that walked across the United States, they asked and they said, what was the most difficult part of walking across the United States of America? He said, was it dogs chasing you? Nope. Was it the hot sun? Nope. 
he thought about it a while. He said, I'll tell you what the biggest problem was in walking across the United States. He said it was the rock that got in my shoe every day. Think about that. You know, in living for God, sometimes the devil, he throws rocks in your walk with God every day. Trying to, trying to slow you down. Trying to get you to stop. You know what you do when you get a rock in your shoes? You sit down. You take it off and you empty it out, put it back on, and keep on walking. You don't stop. You just keep on walking. Don't stop. Amen. Just keep on going. Amen. The race is not to the swift. And so it doesn't matter whether you're running the race or walking the race, even crawling the race. Keep on racing. Keep on walking. Keep on whatever it takes. I'm going through. I'm going through. I don't care what the rest of the world decides to do. I'm, I've made up my mind. I'm not going to turn around. Well, I'm walking with Jesus and I'm going through. Hallelujah. I'm going through. I'm going all the way. Hey, man, oh, yeah, I might get a rock in my shoe, but I'm going all the way. Hallelujah. Can, can we give God praise right now? Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are in this race to obtain a prize. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're temperate in all things. Amen. You have to be safe in your mind. Safe in your mind. Temperate. We're balanced. Temperance and and balance. Uh, uh, So... When you're inebriated or drunken, you cannot balance on one foot. There's some, there's some people, I was talking to my nephew, he's a cop. And he said there's some people that can walk straighter drunk than they can when they're sober. He said that's not just a saying. He said I've seen it with my own eyes. And he said there's some people that their eyes can follow your finger, your pen, and never break. And they, they get Please get that out there. And, and, uh, but he says the one test that no drunk person can pass is standing on one foot and looking down at their feet because he says when you're drunk, you're off balance. Think about that. The Bible says we have to be temperate in all things. We have to be balanced. Amen. We gotta, if we're going to play we need to pray. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do, you need to, you need to get a balance into your walk with God. That I, I'm not just gonna pray all the time. And and you say, is there anything wrong with praying all that? No, there's nothing wrong with praying all the time. But you got a family at home, Amen. That if you're down here praying at the church all the time, Amen. They need to see your face too. And you have a walk with God that if you never darken the door of the church other than just to walk through the door for church, don't stop coming. But you need to start getting a walk with God and say, you know, I think I'll come to a prayer meeting. I think I'll, I think I'll come down to the church and knock some doors. Get to, I'll go come here and get a handful of track. Go beat on some doors. Go to Walmart. Do Walmart ministry. Or Target. You know, you have to drive to Wichita, but <laughs> my wife would be crying right now. When, when Target shut down, oh, she, she about shut down. Praise God. Didn't she? Yeah, she was sad. She loved Target. But, you, you know, get some balance in living for God. Balance. Temperate, temperate. I'm going to be temperate in all things. I'm going to get some balance. I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. We love each other. Love your neighbor. I can't remember all my neighbor's names, so I, I just call him. I say, hey, neighbor. 
walk up and talk to him like I know him. I do. I just sometimes if you only talk to him two, three times a year, you don't remember their name all the time. <laughs> I'm telling you my problems now. I got part timers. <laughs> I can't remember everybody's name all the time. Some people have a very sharp mind with names. Man, they hear a name one time, bam, they got it. That, that's good. I can't, Pastor Kierke doesn't always have that. I got to think about it sometimes. But what, happen, what happens when you start loving your neighbor? Is you start building a relationship with them, talking to them. Man, I, I hope my neighbor, I've, I've been taking my neighbor's tomatoes for the past 10 years. I hope they bring me some this year. I killed my, toma- my tomato plants. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I tell them. Maybe they'll feel sorry for me. <laughs> the moral of the story is, is make sure you water your tomato plants in 100 degree heat. I think two are going to survive. That was really sad. I said, sorry, little tomato plant. Sorry, I forgot to water you. wasn't like I wasn't busy, but praise God. So, James 3 and 2 says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Whichever way it's pointing, the helm will turn the ship, the rudder. And even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. You know why God, when he fills you with the Holy Ghost, that you get, get it with evidence with speaking with other tongues? Is because God takes the smallest member, amen, to show you that he's inside of you. It's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will control your tongue. You say, I'm having trouble with my mouth. Have you been praying? And I don't say that, I don't say that, uh, in a, in a chiding way, but in a very serious, sometimes when we're not praying, sometimes when we're not praying and getting a hold of God, then our old flesh starts resurrecting. Praise God. I can remember my dad saying to me, son, you need to think about what you're saying before you say it. And one day that finally sunk in after I was sitting in the principal's office again. I was all sad. I thought, you know what? If you just start thinking about what you're saying before you say it, you wouldn't be in this predicament. You know, even even living life when we're uh, maybe sometimes it's us married folks more than it is the single folks. Single folks, I read a Louis L'Amour and he said, I was tired of sitting in the saddle and talking to my horse's ears and, and all he would do is kind of nicker. He said, I was ready for a wife, someone that I could talk to. And then you get married and the honeymoon's over. Oh man, I done stepped in it now. I'm serious. As married folks, we've got to have balance in our walk with God. Amen. Be careful. I can remember Pastor Elder saying, be sure your words are nice and sweet because you'll never know which ones you eat. And so, be kind. Be nice. Love one another. Well, praise God. I'll keep moving here. I can tell we're doing good. Praise God. We've got to bring our body into subjection. Now, 
when he was saying, he said, I bring my body into subjection. How do we bring our body into subjection? It's through the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't reach down and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You say, what do you mean by that? Because humanism will teach you that you can get yourself out of your own problems. You know what? You cannot defeat sin by living a sinful lifestyle. You cannot defeat the lust of your flesh living according to the lust of the flesh. It's contrary. The flesh is contrary to the law of God is what the Bible tells us. Amen. And so the way that we defeat our thought process, the way that we defeat, amen, a sinful uh, habit or way is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when we get the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, we've got to make the decision to repent and turn from sin. Turn from sin and quit going that way. Don't go there anymore. Amen. Don't go by that way any longer. Amen. Turn from sin. Amen. The old prophet said to the young prophet, he said, don't go home that way. And he went that way anyhow and the lion pounced on him and killed him. And so when the man of God tells you don't go there anymore, taste not, touch not, handle not. It's not to, the world will say, that church down there will control you. No, the Holy Ghost controls me. The Holy Ghost is my guide. The Holy Ghost speaks to me. The Holy Ghost draws me. Amen. No man cometh to God except the Spirit, except the Father draw him. Oh, are you hearing me preach tonight? There should have been a whole bunch of amens on that. Amen. We've got to have the Holy Ghost drawing us. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as, as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able and will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You need to start praying, God, I don't want this temptation in my life anymore. I don't, I, I have no desire for it anymore. I'm sick of it. Start praying. Start, start the effectual, the, my Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many heard what your pastor just said? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so if you're fighting with your flesh, start getting a prayer life. Hey man, if you're fighting with thoughts, get a prayer life. Hey man, if you're fighting with addiction, get a prayer life. Start praying. Start praying. You can defeat it. You can defeat that old devil that's fighting you. You don't do it in yourself. You do it through the power of the Holy Ghost. Just keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. So today I was reading and I was th I've been thinking about this. It's been in my mind. And so uh, today I was just reading about and, and I heard another man, uh, he talked about this briefly. And uh, uh, Bannister, Roger Bannister was the first, first person to break a four-minute mile, to run a mile in less than four minutes. And uh, it's, it, I don't know, I told somebody, I said, I'm not a runner. I can run, but it's, it's more like a lumber wagon. Some people are like a gazelle. Men, they just spring through the air and they're just so graceful and they run like the wind. And uh, I can run if a dog's chasing me or there, there's a pheasant running. <laughs> A four-minute mile is no easy feat. 
you're a very fast man. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, a really, that's really fast. And so Roger Bannister, he had a man that would help him train. And that would, he would be the burnout guy. And he would, you say, what's that? He would set the pace. And Roger Bannister would keep that pace. And he had enough stamina to, to keep on going and break that four-minute mile. And it had never been done until Roger Bannister had broke that four-minute mile. And I believe it was in 1954, uh, 55. I don't remember the exact year when he broke that record. But after he broke it, it was like a wall had been torn down. Because after that, many, it, it really is now a standard among adult uh, mile racers. They call them the mile racers. Uh, the cross-country guys that run long distance, they're a different breed. And, and, uh, but the guys that run that one-mile race, uh, amen, now they break it consistently. And... Uh, I, I was reading today, and it, it popped up on my computer screen. A young man by the name of Gary Martin, just a little over a month ago, or maybe two months ago, he was a high school senior, and never before had a high school senior since Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan is a congressman for Kansas. It lives in eastern Kansas. And, and uh, as, a, as a senior in high school, he had broken the four-minute mile that was in 1965, and he was, he's been the last high school senior that's ever broke the four-minute mile. But this year, amen, and what was unique is two young men in one race broke the four-minute mile in the same race. Uh, but this, this young man, he was running, and uh, somebody had put a cell phone clip of this video of him running this race uh, and you could hear him every time he would make a lap going around. Uh, I think it's four times around is around the track is a mile, and every time they would they would spout out the amount of time that it took him to run the first lap, and then the second lap. And they were interviewing this kid after he had broken that record as a high school senior, and they said, "What what was your thoughts?" And he said, "Well, that day I was just I was just running." And he says, the first lap, he said, I ran it in less than a minute. And then he said, the second lap, he said, I ran it in less than a minute. And he said, when I ran the second lap in less than a minute, he thought, he said, I said to myself, I can break the four-minute mile if I just keep the same pace up and not stop and keep on running. Amen. And during this little video clip, uh, you can go online and see it. Amen. While he's running, people realize that he's getting ready to break this record. And you ought to see the people clapping and cheering him on. And his coaches are saying, come on, you can do it. Don't stop running. And I got to thinking about this verse of scripture. That we have so great a cloud of witnesses while we're running this race, church. Amen. That they're saying, come on. Come on, apostolic faith tabernacle. You're just about there. Don't stop running. Uh, don't give up. Uh, you're going to win the race. You're going to win the race. So that's what I came to preach to you tonight. Is don't stop running. Just keep on. And I didn't understand this. But it said that he didn't win the race. But he broke the record. I stretched my head now. How in the world can you not win the race, but you can break the record? And I don't understand track and field and all that. But he broke that record. And I'll, it'll be forever blazing in my mind while he's running that last lap. People are saying, come on, you can do it. Keep on running. And it's, there was coaches at the corners of, of that field while he was running every time he would break around a curve you could see him saying come on hey man you'd see him clapping her hand you could hear him just encouraging him to run and you could tell he was tired 
and he was running with all that he had and he broke that record. Come on, I'm preaching to you tonight. Keep on running. Don't stop. You're just about there. Hey man, you're gonna make it. Everything, it may feel like all the pressures inside are building up, but don't stop running. You're just about to complete the race. You're almost there. If we could all stand. We're almost there. We're almost there, church. I want everybody to come to the altar. Lift your hands to God. And say, God, I'm in this race to the finish. You don't have to bow your head. You say, Pastor, I'm discouraged. Lift your hands. Lift your head. Redemption draweth nigh. Renewing of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, let's lift our hands right now and say, okay, God, I'm finishing this race. God, I'm going to finish the race. God, I'm going to see you face to face. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Oh, God, touch these people tonight. This is your church, oh, God. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Don't quit running. Keep on running. Don't stop. Don't stop.